Hello. How are you? I am good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Listen, everybody, this is uh, Mike with uh, with these two shoes. We are interviewing now on episode five in our third interview now. And this is a uh, very old friend of mine. She's not old, but she's <laughs> we're friends for a while now. A uh, very old friend of mine. I'm just going to go with that. Very old friend of mine. Thanks. She's decrepit. <laughs> She's an old friend of mine and educator and a member of a local group called Junior League and a past president, right? Yes. When, that was president uh, last year, right? Correct. So it's over. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. So these, this group, maybe you can talk a little bit about what I'm going to be talking about in regards to Junior League, but uh, Rachel and I sp- or we used to work together. What I was just thinking about this five years ago, traveled with us. She traveled with us three years ago. Uh, in fact, on the same trip in 2015 that Nick traveled with us. Right. Um, who, who we interviewed in episode three and she brought her two kids. That's the premise of this, this entire episode is, is we we're going to talk to Rachel about traveling abroad with two kids and, and being by herself, being a single mom and, and doing that. So, um, that aside, um, when at the end of the year, usually you guys choose for junior league, you choose these girls that you, you kind of, what are you, what are you doing with these girls? Why, why are you celebrating them at the end of the year? What are you doing with them? Oh, you're talking about senior girl athlete. Is that what it is? Is that all athletes? Yeah. Okay. So, um, the premise behind junior league is that we are an organization of women who are, um, our mission is to promote volunteerism, develop the potential of women, and improve our communities. And so one of our, what we call our, leg- our legacy projects is a project called Senior Girl Athlete, mm-hmm. where we um, work with local high schools and um, they select a girl to represent their school for that year. And each girl is, receives a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're their nomination is based on um, community service, academics, and then athleticism. Mm, so okay. um, it came about about the time that Title IX was changing yeah. the face of women's athletics. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the reason I found out you were doing this, because I, I don't follow Junior League, but I, I, Rachel and I follow each other on social media, and I see her, her posts about different things going on with Junior League, because she's very, very, very active. I mean, probably the most, other than work and your kids, is probably the most demanding thing you do, right? Yeah, yes, it's the most demanding thing I do, <laughs> and and the most and the most active in your life, right? I mean, yeah. that's the, probably the most the thing you spend most of the time doing. I guess you would call it my hobby. Okay. Okay, so I see a lot of the things she's doing when she posts, and I noticed uh, two years ago a student of ours that at my current school. I, she and I don't teach at the same school any longer, but I saw this girl um, and I thought, what the heck is that? I don't know. I see this photo. And so I, I asked Rachel, like, what's going on? Why do you have a photo of one of our students in your group? Is she joining junior league? No, no, no. She's doing this. Okay. And then last year, a student of mine, uh, she was actually a student of mine. I had her, um, I think two or three times over the last four years and noticed her right off the bat and thought that, you know what, both times I thought. It's not. It's not surprising that you you chose these two girls. You know what I mean? Right. Academically, they were great. Athletically, they were great. They were all over the map in regards to school and social activities and uh, whatnot going on in in their both their community and and at school. So um, anyway, Rachel, long story short, Rachel's doing some great things with junior league. Uh, that's as she says, her hobby. But she likes to travel, and. And I know that wine is is a is a hobby as well, right? She likes her wine. I guess we can talk about wine also. Yes. <laughs> I mean, don't we have wine in Europe? We have lots of wine in Europe. Yeah, yeah, we have lots of wine everywhere. So, again, travelers, for those listening, I want to do the same thing that we did in episode four, where we're going to split it up. Rachel, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to episode four yet, but we've listened. We we have. Okay, great. I haven't. Oh, you haven't. Okay, no. great. <laughs> so we split it up in in two parts. That's gonna, I think that's going to allow people to stop in the middle, take a break. It, t- it allows you to take a break, uh, the uh, rec- as we record, but it allows the viewers to take a break, do what they need to do, come back tomorrow, 
the next day, whatever they need to do, and then resume without having to listen to the, env- the, the entire thing again just to get caught up. So we'll do that. So about an hour into this, we'll stop and and uh, make another make another call to Rachel. So again, those who don't know, be using Anchor, and Anchor allows us to be remote. It allows us to be in two different locations and allows us to utilize our cell phones uh, to record these things. And I'm looking forward to doing this next week. I leave for Europe in about four days. I can't wait to try this out remotely, actually remotely, when I'm traveling and to kind of see how this works. So let's get into What's it. What's that do to your data plan? Say that again? What's that going to do to your data plan? Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and I might be, it, it's going to utilize when I'm in it. If I'm in Wi-Fi or under Wi-Fi and the person I'm contacting is, is under Wi-Fi, the app calls your app. My app on my phone calls your app on your phone as it did with you just now. Okay. Um, and I don't think, I don't think, I'm double checking with Anchor to make sure, I don't think it affects your data plan or your cell plan. It, it's as long as you're within your, your uh, Wi-Fi, right? Yeah. So I'm hoping that's what happens because otherwise, where are we using it? It's supposed to be mobile, and I don't know if that's going to be mobile that otherwise. So let's get into this. Okay. I, have, I have some questions for you, but I, I don't have a lot. I, I, I liked how this has been going um, in the past with, with interviewing people and just kind of talking about travel in general and kind of seeing where the conversation goes. However, I did know, everyone, I did know that I, I wanted to talk to Rachel when I immediately made this decision, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to start this this podcast. I knew that I wanted to talk to Rachel because she was on our trip. She travels without the kids. She travels without us. She travels, and she she does things with the kids on a regular basis. And I just wanted to see maybe there was a difference in doing things abroad with the kids without with you know being domestic and traveling with the kids. And I just want to talk about you know the whole premise. The whole idea here is to talk about talk to Rachel about traveling abroad with those two kids and yeah with those two kids <laughs> not just two kids in general with those two kids with my two children yeah with those two kids and kind of just talk about those kinds of things because i've i've had believe it or not i've had a lot of people ask well can i bring my kids do i do i have to go with alone can i bring the kid what how's that work what is it what happens what do we do they, there's a lot of the little little questions that people might have that you Rachel may be able to answer for them just in our, our regular conversation about this idea. So again, 13 days, she spent with us 13 days in July of 2015, crossing through four different countries and you had two kids, correct me if I'm wrong. One, Jack was your oldest was 14. No, it was 13, 13. Yeah. Okay. So 13, that's right. He just turned 16, right? Yep. Started driving scary have you pulled your hair out um i'm gonna pull his hair out maybe (laughs) (laughs) have i told you the story where i'm driving downtown on a weird time of the day i wasn't even supposed to be there i got out of school early and i'm on the wrong side of town i mean you know the opposite side of town that i'm never in (laughs) and um i'm driving i'm i'm in one of those intersections where the across the lane people are turning left and I'm going straight and there's a car on my right hand side and the opposing the opposing lane the guy who's going to turn left is kind of crossing over into my lane and I could see his eyes I wasn't paying attention to the person yet and I didn't really pay attention to the car um, because I wasn't wasn't familiar with it yet but I'm, I'm looking at this the eyes of this person because they're getting closer and closer to me and I'm and I'm not going yet because I can see what's happening because I'm experienced <laughs> Right, because I'm an experienced driver, I'm a father, and I'm looking. I knew in the peripherally, the guy on the right was getting ready to turn right, and I'm going straight. The guy opposing me is turning left. He's watching the guy on the right of me, not looking at me. <laughs> he crosses over into my lane, doing 15 miles an hour. If I had taken off, if I was 16, I would have gunned it, and we would have crashed. And guess who that really was? Um, let me guess. It was your child. My son. <laughs> and he looked at me and then looked away. And then then at this point, he's crossing away from me. And he looks back like, oh, shit. Who's that? 
So he takes off, and I'm livid. And I, I, I just, I'm livid. I went, I grabbed my phone for a minute, and I thought, oh, okay, I'm not going to do that, not yet. So I drive, and I drive, and I drive, and I cool down, and I pulled over, and I called him. What are you doing? Oh, uh, uh, uh. And then it just starts, right, the conversations. He almost hit, he almost hit me. And did he, neither one of us was supposed to be at that intersection at that time of day. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you there? So I can understand starting to pull someone's hair out, right? Oh, yeah. my God. So he was 13 on the trip. Jack was 13. He was your oldest, is yeah. your oldest. Your youngest, she had a birthday. Abby had a birthday in, in Paris. Right. Of all places. Lucky girl. We And I, I think I, we celebrated. She was turning nine or ten. She turned 10. She turned 10. So she was nine when we left. She turned 10 on the trip and which is good ages. These are good ages to take kids abroad because I took both of mine for the first time when they were nine. I told them both, you can carry your own bag. Then you can come oh. and you can come because it's, it, it makes it easier on everybody when you can carry your own things. You can keep track of your own stuff. Right. Right. I do vaguely remember you carried some bags sometimes that were not. <sighs> Shut <enough>. up, Rachel. <laughs> What she's talking about is my daughter was on that trip as well. And every once in a while. In fact, you know what? If you want to talk about bags, I had to carry yours once. You did? Yeah. Remember we got to Barcelona. We got the hotel in Barcelona. And you just gallivantly take off the bus. Like, oh, my God, we're in Barcelona. And you you get off the bus. You just what? You just parade across the street. You go into the hotel. And I'm like, where did Rachel go? And everybody's, I don't know. What I you, think that you're. What do you mean? No, 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 no. You come running across the street. Is my bag there? It's right here. You're recalling somebody else. No. That was not me. No, another girl named Rachel with a green duffel bag? Oh, maybe it was me. Yeah. Oh, but you know what? I think Jack was carrying the green duffel bag. Ah. Okay. <laughs> Blame it on him. Blame it on the 16 year old. Go ahead and talk about baggage because I got, I got the three of us through Europe for 13 days in two bags. Well, I, we do want to talk about that. In fact, I just sent Rachel a message via text, and I said right before we started this this call, and I said, "Are you still ready for three o'clock?" And she said, "Yes." I just had to look up my information on my bags. What did you mean by that? Well, I didn't remember the brand. Oh, okay, okay. So, so I had I actually had to go to the garage and look at the bag, and then I had to go online and figure out what bag it was. Okay, okay. So that's what I was doing. And let's talk about that then. What did, you said you had three you three people, you two kids. And you had two bags. Two bags. Explain those two bags for us. So, well, let's start with my past travel history. So these bags are now, um, they're over 20 years old. Wow. Um, okay. I was like, oh, we're probably not going to be able to find these on the internet, but I did. Um, it's a company called Mountain Equipment Incorporated, I believe, MEI. And the first time I used this bag was when I went with my boyfriend to Costa Rica in 1998. So wow. okay. they're, they're kind of old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but at that time, we did 14 days in Costa Rica. Um, we each had our own bag. Um, it was my, my first foreign travel experience. Mm -hmm. And when... We, when I went to my first meeting with you and you're like, you can't bring a suitcase that has wheels on it. I was like, well, how do you travel then? <laughs> um, <laughs> with two children. Um, I immediately thought of these bags and mm -hmm. asked my, who ended up becoming my husband and now my ex-husband, mm -hmm. um, if I could use those bags and he gave them to me. So that's what we used. Um, they are still in production. Really? Um, yeah. They okay. are, um, they're nice because it's like a suitcase duffel bag type thing, but then you can unzip part of it and it's like a backpack also with like heavy, like padded straps. So you could actually walk. And it's, it's like a, a thick canvas material, mm -hmm. yes. right? Yeah, yeah. I remember. And I, and if, if I'm wrong, I didn't unzip it, but I, it, the way it looked, it almost opened up like a clamshell. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So. And, and explain the size of these things for us, so we get an idea of how many, how much room you had for clothing. And so stuff. it would fit. It would fit in in an overhead care in an overhead compartment under your seat and on a plane if you had to. Mm -hmm. um, 
which is not my favorite thing to carry everything onto a plane. Yeah. Um, so that's not what we chose to do, but they are, they're big enough to be a carry on. Yeah. Okay. And okay. then we ended up using, um, compression bags within the, yep. the cases to, did you get that info from us, from me? Yes. Okay. Yes. Again, it, it, I, I tell everybody, if you're not using compression bags, you're not maximizing the space in your bag. Right. Right. I mean, you, you really aren't, you're wasting space and it really allowed, and, and you're proving it. You had two of those bags, which for all intents and purposes, they're just carry on bags and you have two of them for three people. And, okay. and granted, Abby's clothes are smaller than everyone else's and she can probably pack more clothing in a smaller space, but still, but still, right. That's... There's still three people. Right. And we each had two pairs of shoes. Obviously we wore a pair onto the yeah. plane but there was a pair, a pair of shoes for each of us in there. Um, you know, a jacket, light jacket. There was, you know, all of our toiletries, right. everything. And the, the kids, did they carry on like a little backpack with their stuff, their little personal stuff? or Yeah, so we, okay. we they ended up using the the tour backpacks. Um, from the company, as, yeah. From, their, from the company as yeah. their carry-on, um, which made it nice. So that they, because my kids have been traveling for a long time and they, they're quite experienced plane riders. Mm -hmm. Um, But they had at that time, they each had a backpack that they would always bring on a plane, Mm -hmm. uh, which had wheels and was kind of cumbersome. And they were not going to be able to use those in Europe when we got there. Right. um, Because they would just be too heavy. So um, that was a a transition for them to figure out what what was the most important stuff to bring on the plane and, and to kind of just to mention what you just said in one of our meetings and i and i have a lot of these meetings these informational meetings that kind of get everybody kind of up to speed and and answer questions and talk about certain things one of those meetings i might have said and i know i have said it don't bring a, a rolling suitcase and we it de- i kind of de- it depends on when or i mean sorry where you're going where your destination is because Wheeled suitcases are really meant for the airport. There's, there will never be a smoother surface outside <laughs> of the real outside in the real world than inside the airport, right? Right. Um, this the the surface the the floor that you walk on in the airport is like glass. Nothing is like that in real world, and especially <laughs> if you go somewhere like Italy or older like London or or Spain is getting better, but there's certain places that you just wheeled cases are not going to work. Right. And, and every year somebody brings one and every year. And I tell them, if you have to bring a wheeled case, I understand for, for certain things, which will lead me to some information about my particular trip in four years. Cause I'm bringing one, but you have to bring a particular one, a particular type of wheeled case, because typically people will bring the one that's upright. It has four wheels and those four wheels are the size of silver dollars they're easily <laughs> broken they're right. really cheap plastic and every year somebody ends up with a broken wheel or two or three and then they end up having to lug this heavy thing around and they can't really do that either right so it's inevitable it always breaks so what i do what i do tell people is that if you're going to use a wheeled case get only get a case that only has two wheels you can lean it back it's designed a little differently and it will have more handles on it in the event that you do break a wheel. Those wheels are typically replaceable and they're always heavier duty, right? They're bigger, like the size of a baseball sometimes. And they're, you know, they're much beefier than those other small plastic wheels. They're rubber and they're thick and they're, you know, they're meaty and they will, um, they will work in some of those little ruts and cobblestones and things you will, you'll run over. So, Okay, we'll talk about my bag later. So, <laughs> you, I want to, I want to, uh, before I forget about some things with you, tell me about. So, the kids, you always, I know you always travel back east for family, right? On Christmas or is it Thanksgiving? Um, either or, or okay. Something. Is it every year? Um, we try to go every other year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um. So yeah. tell me about tell me about those trips, and you because you said you. The kids are are somewhat 
versed in travel? Is it because of those trips? Yeah. So my, for my firstborn, Jack, he was, his first flight was when he was 11 weeks old. Oh, wow. Um, we went back East to visit family in Wisconsin and in Iowa. And, um, you know, traveling with an infant, a newborn, essentially is, is, is interesting to say the least. Um, yeah, they've been traveling since they were very young. I am um, not only am I a believer in checking luggage, I also buy seats for my kids, um, regardless of how old they are. So when people tell me like, "Oh, we're just doing lap sit," I I don't I can't even fathom yeah. having put someone through the torture of sitting next to me with yeah. a small child. Yeah, um, and we've all been there, right? We've all had a, a kid next yeah. to us or behind us or whatever, or in front of us. Yes, right. And- and my kids were never, they never, I, like, knock on wood, they never cried on a plane. Never cried on a plane. Yeah. I've had them throw up all over me, but never cry. <laughs> well, that's good. You cried. <laughs> never cried. Um, so, yeah, we go back east quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, when my daughter was born, my son was three. She didn't fly until she was about six months old. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to... Um, Tennessee for a football game and um that was an adventure because she was a little bit more fussy as a baby but still was like such a trooper um you know at that time I got through like check-in TSA all of that with two children one with a stroller one with an infant carrier all by myself good god (laughs) so I feel like I'm like the champion mom traveler well yeah yeah and you know what I think well, maybe you can tell us these trips you've taken with the kids every year, every other year, both domestically and, and, and you know, back east because you did it, obviously, via plane. When you're traveling with the kids like this, do you think that helped when we took this big trip to Europe? Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't think I would have been. I would have even crossed my mind to do it because 13 days being gone as a nine slash 10 year old is kind of, is kind of young. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew that she could do it because we'd been away from home for that amount of time before. Um, You know, it was at the end, we were all just road weary and and dragging, but at the time of our lives. Um, And I don't think that, you know, she would, she would change that for anything. Yeah. Not many, not many 10 year olds get to say that they spelt celebrated their birthday on a train in Paris. Exactly. You know, I've had that fortunate event happen to my, in my life, what, three times now. And those are the birthdays I remember the most Mm -hmm. being in, in Europe celebrating my birthday. Um, it's incredible, right? It's a, that's such an event. And, and be in such a weird or different world to celebrate that. And I think we celebrated her birthday three or four times that day. Oh, it, well. <laughs> it was a long day, right? We, we'd gone into Paris. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd celebrated. I think we, 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 we uh, sung happy birthday at breakfast. And then we sung happy birthday later in the day. We well, sung happy birthday again know. at dinner. Sorry? We did it on the train first because it turned midnight on the train. Oh, that's right. The night before. So I thought yeah. that train ride was the night of. It was the that's night before. Cool. Yes. That's right. So our that's first right. celebration was on the train. The night before. That's right. Yeah. Well, midnight. Midnight. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And I still have the footage of the accordion player. Oh, me too. Playing a song, <laughs> playing a song to her, and then we and we sang "Happy Birthday" at that moment. Yeah. Okay. I thought that train ride. I I forgot. I thought that train ride was the night of, and then we had a. Just down the street from, um, where were we in Paris? We had dinner for her, and she had a, gosh, I can't remember the name of it, but it, there was this, it's a French pizza essentially, and they, oh, the, and, yeah. and they made her a French pizza like dessert for her birthday, like yeah, like a chocolate thing, thing for her birthday, yeah. so she got to celebrate it again. Cool, cool. So, tell me what you did to prep for this trip to Europe for 13 days with two kids, a nine turning 10 and 14 year old or 13 year old. So I, you were holding meetings and I tried to bring the kids to as many of the meetings that I could. 
I vaguely remember that Jack didn't make very many because he had swim practice and other things. So we would kind of have to clue him in when we got, when we got home, but that, that definitely helped. He, you know, so he, so for Abby and I, we were, we were prepared. We knew what we needed to do. Yeah. That usually works that way. Um, (laughs) So when I said you need to pack X number of shirts and X number of shorts, there was no argument. Mm -hmm. Um, from her she knew what she needed to do um jack on the other hand was like why do i need to bring this i don't want to wear that (laughs) Um, and you know at some point you just have to say fine bring what you want and you'll figure it out um but yeah we were you know besides getting passports and packing and figuring out what bag we were going to take and packing and repacking and buying all the 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 stuff um I felt like we were pretty prepared. Okay. Do you think those, yeah. so do you think those meetings we had kind of helped you? Oh yeah. I think they helped a lot. Okay. I also thought that it helped kind of get to know who was going to be traveling with us. Yeah. Um, and I mean, obviously some of the kids were a little bit more shy about, um, you know, talking or asking questions. And some not. But, uh, and some not. <laughs> uh, but also just to get to know like their parents yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they, they were students at our school. Um, you know, it was interesting to see parents. It's always interesting to me to see what, what brings parents to school. And this was one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also liked the, my favorite meeting was the night where you had the parents sign the, the permission to drink alcohol. (laughs) Why is that your favorite? Because it was very awkward. Was it? Um, And some of the kids were like super gung ho and their parents were like, yeah, it's fine. And others were like, oh, I'm never going to drink an alcohol uh, alcohol ever. And I mean, I think you had made a statement to the parents like the kids are going to be so tired. They're not going to be interested in drinking at all. (laughs) And and then you get on vacation, then you're on your trip and you're like, oh, my gosh, they're so tired. They won't drink at all. I think the only one who drank was my kid. So was my statement true then? <laughs> yes. It's, it's amazing, Rachel. What's amazing is I, every year somebody somebody's parent will come to me and say, are you crazy? What's wrong with you? And I was, what are you talking about? What is, what, why are you wanting to take all these freaking kids to Europe or all these people, whatever, right? And I'm thinking, well, I, well, I love doing it for one. And, I, and, and they always have this idea like, you're you're crazy. You're you're gonna pull your hair out. These kids are gonna drive you mad. You're gonna run away. What? And I, I tell them, listen, we have them up at six, seven o'clock in the morning. We have them on the go all day long. All day and long. And we, in in fact, Nick mentioned it on the uh, episode three podcast. He's like, I, I don't think I got home before eleven o'clock ever, and I think. I was going to bed at one o'clock every day and I served something like that. Right. And I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically what's going on. We're, we're so busy that these kids are falling into their room once we get to the hotel at night and there's no shenanigans yeah. going on. I'm, there's no, shenanigans. Oh my God. And I always, I always <laughs> yeah. threaten them. Like I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a hotel check and I'm always the last one to go to bed. I'm always the earliest one, the first one up and I'm wandering around and they're just dead. Yeah, I mean, there silent. might be one or two kids and some adults up in the lobby talking or whatever and kind of meandering to their room as soon as they get there. But they're not out gallivanting around and going to the disco and doing things like outrageous no. because they're just exhausted. I don't even think they left the hotel. Did any of them even leave the hotel? You know what? I think they're so exhausted. Remember the hotel we had in Paris? I told everybody, hey, I'm going to go oh, and do a, like a little photo walk in the mornings and i was i was always by myself rachel because they were just dead tired like phillips we want to go but man it's just so early it's so early yeah. i'm so tired they're so tired so they were just worn out um but you're right it, it's it's an interesting conversation because some parents will will sit and look at you like wait a minute my kid's only 18 i, I know but it's legal there so we need to talk about it and the the companies that we work with in regards to these tours they have these pa- these you know they have this paperwork and it allows us to get signatures from parents and just in case if you don't want your kid drinking then i'll keep an eye on that if, if you don't mind it's always one at dinner with me and you know it's like you remember ross right from car from from school yeah right? 
this this guy, I love this kid. He was just gung ho about having his first beer because he wasn't eighteen in, in right. at home, but he was turning eighteen right before we left. He would be eighteen on the trip, and his mom and dad were like, "Yeah, give him one. I don't care. It's fine. Whatever." And he's like, "Oh man, as soon as I'm getting there, we're gonna have a beer together. We're gonna drink a beer together. We're gonna do this together. We're gonna drink." Nope. Okay, okay. <laughs> first place we land right, and it, it was just an Italian tour. We land right in our first town. We go in for this. We go into this banquet room for this huge Italian dinner. It was delicious, and got this. I have all the travelers at the same table with me, and and I were ordering drinks. And he says he looks at me, kind of like to get the nod that was okay. He orders a Bex. What? And I said, well, first of all, you go ahead and order your beer because you can get one, but. Really? I mean, why don't you get like something more foreign than that? Something that you can't get back home? He's like, no, nah, no. Nah, this is just the first one. This is just the first one. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. First one. First one it is. And then he gets it. He drinks. He said, take my picture. Take my picture. So I took his photo of him slugging it back, right? Oh, my gosh. And he had his, I can see later he has his tongue in it. He did nothing coming out of the bottle. Take a photo. Send it to his mom. He drinks not even half of the beer. He's done. He's he's done. He doesn't want it. So it yeah. it's not a it's <laughs> not a these these kids that come on these trips are very well mannered. They're very well behaved. They're not like troublemakers. It's not like I'm dealing with delinquents and they're going to be drunk and getting oh. tattooed and going to bars every night. So I vaguely remember you also threatened them that they, if there was any trouble, that they would, they'd have to pay for their own flight home. Yeah, I always do that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was probably smart. That was that was always <laughs> that's always the threat. Um, haven't had that happen once yet. That and that's good. That's good. But um, on your particular trip, we had m- numerous parents on the trip. We had a lot of parents on that trip, and a lot of adults. Yeah. We had a mixture. I, I call that the everybody trip. It's it's adults, it's everybody, it's kids. Um, we do have adult only trips, but this particular trip was was everybody, family. So obviously, like you just said, the the meetings that we had. Sometimes I never know. Are we having, are we having too many of these meetings? Are we haven't eno- not enough. You know, I just kind of play it by ear with the group, and it seems that you know sometimes we need to back off, and sometimes we need to have a little bit more, kind of depending on the group. But it seems like what we had was was beneficial for you. Um, what do you think the hardest thing about this trip was for you being a single mom with two kids and then, you know, just kind of the logistics, maybe what, what was the hardest thing with you guys on this trip for 13 days? Um, well, emotionally, the hardest thing was that my 13 year old decided that he was now 17 and that he wanted to be with all the high school students and didn't want to travel with his mom anymore. Yeah, I remember that. And that happened very early. I think that happened like on the third day that we were in London. If, if and that, like, right? Yeah, I'm not going wherever foreign thing you're going to, yeah. which was which was Bath, which was amazing, Stonehenge. Yeah. He wanted to stay in London and go shopping, and which I'm like, that's lame. But... <laughs> You're stupid, but all right. I, I think you said this about uh, Euro Disney. Is like now your daughter has like this different experience of yeah. Europe that you don't have, yeah. and he definitely has like his own unique tale from his experience. He connected with some kids that um, that day who kind of took them under, took him under their wing, and and after that he was gone. Yeah. And and one of them was Nick, right? What? No, Nick ended up taking a seat and came with us. I think. Uh, well, he I think for Nick the, came with us. Well, for the well, not maybe not, maybe not to Bath in that day, but but in general in general, he hung out with Nick most of the time. Right? Yes, Nick 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 was his big yeah. brother. Yes, and that's yeah. not a, and they still they still communicate. Oh, cool, good yeah. good. In fact, that's not a bad babysitter to have and kind of and kind of helping your your kid grow up. He's a good he's no. a good kid. I like that guy. Um, I remember early on. I remember early on Jack coming to me and saying, Hey, you think I can room with the other <laughs> kids? <laughs> I, said, I said, what are the kids? And he's like, well, you know, like these guys I'm hanging out with. And what, well, I can't remember how he said it, but these guys, you know, Nick and those guys and Josh. And Josh. And I thought, yeah, I, I don't know. Let's, let's, I'll talk to your mom and we'll kind of see if we have room. And then each, each location is a little different in regards to, 
how many rooms we have and how I can divide people up and whatnot. But um, I, did he end up? He ended up spending the night with those guys one night, right? One or two nights? Did we do that? Um, I thought we I had. Think once we got once we got to Barcelona, he was with them. Yeah, yeah that's right. Like the last half of the trip, he was with them. Yeah. Yeah. Even when we went on the cruise, he was with them on the ship. Ah, okay. Okay. I knew it was at least one night, maybe two or three. Okay. So he had a he had a good time. <laughs> oh yeah. And he and he grew up. He grew up, yeah. I remember that trip, I think it was that trip, uh wandering around in the subway and I was holding my daughter's hand and she was in the she was in the middle of everybody. I mean, she was just, she's social right. and she came, she come back. I, she didn't come back to me physically, but she, she uh, responded. Cause I kept telling her, Hey, we're in the subway. I got to keep, I have to hold your hand. And she looked at me and she said, daddy, I want to be independent. <laughs> and I said, uh, I had to turn around. So I didn't laugh in her face, but I said, <laughs> love, you're nine. You're going to hold my hand in the subway. I want to make sure that you get on the train and you get off the train. So we're not separated. That particular ride, she did that, but I slowly kind of let her yeah. hold other people's hands. Right. I was like, I made sure that if we were getting off the subway, she got off before me and I jumped out or vice versa. If we're getting on, she got on first. And then I kind of, I just kept an eye on her, just made sure and I remember a couple times telling Nick, hey, because he went again with us on another trip. And I said, hey, can you take her back to the hotel for me? Can you can you watch her for a minute for me? And just kind of keep an eye on her for me. And I said, yeah, yeah, I will. But she's um, – it's interesting to watch them kind of grow up and, and do things like that. And when she went to Euro Disney without us, mom didn't even go. Oh, wow. She went with my sister and the other, other, other kids, right, the other high school kids. And we thought about it for long and hard and thought, are we really going to send our kid to Euro Disney by herself? <laughs> and we thought, well, when are we going to be able to do that again? And Never. she's, she's going to be with other people, other adults. It's not going to be a problem. And she had the time of her life. She was, and again, like you just brought up, she has the thing over me now that she, you know, she's experienced something in Europe that I've never experienced. And I love it. I love that she has that, you know? Yeah. No, I think I think that's the the incredible part about, especially in this group travel situation, yeah. is that you know there are days where you get to break off and kind of do different stuff. Um, you know, when I was listening to Nick talk last week, um, I was thinking about the day in Barcelona when I don't know where everyone else went, but I took a group of kids on the train to the soccer stadium. Oh yeah. Which still, like, when I think about it, takes my breath away. Yeah. Because, you know, it seats 100,000 people or something crazy. And, like, just thinking about the people, there's two seats at the very, very top in the, like, corner that if you looked over the back, you would fall stories. Yeah. And then roll down a hill, probably. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But just having that opportunity to take the kids, and then they wanted to go shopping. Um after we went to the soccer stadium and we took them, I took them shopping and kind of just let them meander the mall. And I was by myself Mm -hmm. and it was like, it was just what I needed at that point from people overload. Yeah. To Um, to keep you going in the mall and eat exactly what I wanted to and watch people. (laughs) Yeah. And kind of keep you going. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. To refuel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about that every once in a while. I mean, in fact, for the listeners, it, this group travel, I mean, I have parents all the time. And, and students, the students always ask, what, what kind of free time do we get? What, what, what do we do? What do we get to do? And although there's, quote, unquote, free time, it's not like free time like I tell them, hey, I'm going to stay here at the hotel. You guys just kind of go into the city and do whatever the heck you want to do. It's more like free time, like there's going to be an adult or two with you in the neighborhood or the area, like you took them to the mall and kind of let them walk by themselves. Or I don't remember where I went that day, but we went somewhere that day. I think maybe it was the, you went on the bike ride, didn't you? No. Maybe that's what I was doing. I took a bunch of on a a bike ride. So maybe we were doing the bike ride at that time. So 
there's free time off the itinerary, but there's it's not free time like, hey, go do whatever you want. It's free time in regards to you can do this, this or this, and we'll someone's going to be with you. Someone's going to be nearby just in case. You know, right. I, I think that that allows them to give them that, like you said, that time to themselves and to kind of check things out on their own and kind of meander the way they want to meander and and walk where they want to walk and do what they want to do. But all the while, someone's kind of there just in case to kind of check on them or help with them or or, you know, get them back together with the group at the end of the day. So I, I like those. I like that ability for us to kind of break off a little bit when we do on those quote unquote free days and or those free times and allow the kids to kind of recharge like you did and kind of give them a time to, you know, explore and check things yeah. out. Yeah. 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 We have to talk about this because um, I think you get I think you know what I'm talking about um, in regards to our kids growing up and getting lost and whatnot. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes. You've already brought it. You've already brought it up in his life. And I told I was I was talking. Oh, he's never going to live it down. Oh, yeah. So for the <laughs> listeners, I brought this this subject up um, with Tanner in episode four. And I think I talked about an episode, maybe just in Tanner's episode in episode four. I talked about how Rachel's son, Jack, got lost on the Eiffel Tower. And it was a spectacular, by the way, let me go back a little bit. This was a spectacular event on uh, that day. It was a spectacular day on the Eiffel Tower because we get there kind of close to dark. The lights, I mean, the, the, the lights on the, to- the tower go on. The sun has gone down and it begins to rain, right? Yeah. It's never rained on the Eiffel Tower when I've been there before. So everyone's on the Eiffel Tower kind of hanging out. And for whatever reason, they shut down two of the four elevators. So there's only two elevators going up and down, which prevents the number of people, you know, getting off and on at the same time. So I get, I get, I don't know how, I got down, Rachel's down, kind of, we kind of meet up. We spend our time on the Eiffel Tower. I meet up with Rachel at the bottom. He's like, or you said, where's Jack? I thought he was with you. He's not with me. Is he with you? It's not with me. Well, no. What, is that what happened? He, he had like had, he was not doing anything with grownups. So we were on the Eiffel Tower and the kid, all of the kids kind of broke off and went on their own and did their own thing. On the tower. Uh, on the tower. Yeah. And so when we got on, when we were on the tower, it hadn't started raining. And then you could see the rain coming in. Yeah. And then you could see the electrical storm coming in with Which is, yeah, and with the Eiffel Tower, if they don't know, it, it's metal. Uh, yeah. It, don't know if I want to be there when it's, but there's lightning. No, not but at But it was kind of cool at first because there was a little bit of, of you know, rain and whatnot going on. And then, oh, then yeah, we it was left. Beautiful. Yeah, it was great <laughs> at first. And then we thought, maybe we should go down. Or maybe it was time to leave. And so it was time for all of us to meet at the bottom. So we all go down and, you know, our group is, is slowly but surely coming down because the elevators weren't working Uh and the kids that Jack had kind of attached himself to come down. And I, and one of them was Nick. And I was like, Nick, where's Jack? And Nick's like, I don't know. I thought he was with you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no. And my daughter was tired and she like starts having a breakdown. Like <laughs> her brother is going to die on the Eiffel yeah, Tower. Yeah, I remember that. Ruin her birthday. Yeah, yeah. Which was most of her concern. Happy birthday. And I don't remember how long we waited. Well, I remember, I remember you took off and I think you went up. And I had sent, I knew that only two elevators were working. So I'd sent somebody i don't know if it was nick or somebody else i sent them over to one of the elevators like the furthest one away and i said just wait for him if he comes down there just bring him over to us and and we kind of wandered to close to the other elevator waiting for you guys to come down and you ended up bringing him down right no he came down by himself i went oh i thought you went the, the lost the missing person place oh that's right i forgot about that okay and 
so I was trying to communicate <laughs> with them and there were no missing people. Um, and that they assured me that everyone was off of the tower, which then threw me into a bigger tizzy. <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Um, and lo and behold, here comes, here comes the most nonchalant 13 year old. Like you could just imagine like, what, what are you all worried about? What's going well, on? It, to, to his defense, he was, he didn't know what was going on because he was just kind of stuck in the elevator coming down. Right. Um, he said it started to rain and then there was electricity. And then I went to go look for Nick to make sure Nick was safe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then Nick made it down before you. Yeah. So whatever. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. I think that was the only mishap we had all, all trip, right? With your kids. Um, with my kids. Yes. Other than Abby getting sick. Um, yeah. She got a little sick. Yeah heat stroke or whatever she yeah, got. Yeah. But Maybe yeah, dehydration. That was, our, yeah. that was our, our our big adventure was Jack getting lost on the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, and that, that just goes to show you just you can't take off and run away and, and kind of go look for him somewhere else. You just kinda of wait for him and and keep your cool. And then I know it's it's difficult to say that then, but now obviously it's in retrospect you think it's easier to said than done, but you, you kind of just wait for them to come down. And like I said, he was the, everybody in regards to the tower, they knew that everyone was, had been sent into one of the elevators and there's a series of different elevators coming down. He was just in one of those elevators. He didn't know, like, I'm just, I'm just coming down. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? It, and it, you're right. It was like a very nonchalant, well, you guys just made it down before me. What's, what's the big deal? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> yes, I'm here. What's the problem? <laughs> But I, I remember he had a, a very short leash the rest of the night. Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah, he was very, very yeah. close. He didn't, he didn't smile. No, no. Very much. That. No, <laughs> not at all. But um, what do you, what do you do about reassuring um, a parent about something like that? What do you do? What do you, what do you, what would you say to them? Um, you know, I think. What I love about this tour that we went on, because we started in London, mm -hmm. and we were dealing with a lot of kids who are and adults who hadn't traveled that extensively. Mm -hmm. um, so even taking like public transportation was kind of a stretch for them. Yeah. Um, and what I liked is that we started in an English-speaking country. Yeah, that's always good. So we were all everyone was within like language-wise their comfort zone, um, trying to understand you know, the Euro and what, you know, how to get on a train and where to sit and what to look for yeah. and all that stuff. But you also had um, prepared us with our little hotel tags, like emergency call tags for each yep. city Yeah, um, that helped. So I don't know that my 13 year old was necessarily resourceful enough to figure out his way back to our hotel because it was pretty far from the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but he could have, if he showed that to somebody and then maybe there was could. a report and yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to be, to be honest about this, what, what, let me tell the, the listeners really quick. What I do is I, I create these little, I call them hotel cards and it's the size of a business card. And on one side we have all the pertinent information for myself and our tour guides at the time. And then on the other side, we have all the information for the hotel that we're staying in at that time and my my display of this is like if you get if you get lost just show this to somebody show that be, even if you can't speak the language they'll be able to find the hotel like if you find a cabbie give it to him he'll take you to the hotel we'll, we'll, we'll go from there the, the really the people who've used it the most have been the adults on the tours oh yeah i've yet to have I a student it. need it um they just don't need it and and that's the thing and knock on wood, right? Knock on wood. But the, the students are always, uh, especially early on, when they're learning what's going on logistically, they're very um, wide-eyed and they're very clingy, I guess. you would, Yeah, I guess they're very attentive in regards to where's Mike, where's Mike, where's Mike, where's Mike? And they, they don't want to wander off too far because they're in a foreign world and they don't know what's going on. And as they get more and more, you know, deeper into the, into the tour, 
they can they stretch out a little further, but they still don't wander off so far that they never find themselves back to where we tell them to to come back and meet us. Um, but the adults, we've used it extensively with adults. I mean, there's there's adults who you know what, I, I'm going to go back to the hotel. Like, just show them your card. Boom, they'll take you straight back to the hotel. Yep. And it always works. And you said you've used it. I used it when Abby got sick in Barcelona. Um, I couldn't find anyone from our group. Like she, she got sick. We spent a lot of time in the, in the, we had gone to a, a dance thing. What is it called? It's not salsa. Oh, the, yeah, the, the flamenco flamenco dinner. Yeah. And um, she had gotten sick. And so we had spent a lot of time in the bathroom and when we came out, we could, I couldn't find anyone for our group. And I knew that we weren't going to continue doing whatever it was we were doing for the rest of the evening. Yeah. Um, so I just walked up to the end of the street and found a taxi and showed him my card and said, take me here. And the taxi driver kind of rolled his eyes at me. I don't think he really wanted to drive that far, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he did. Um, and it was the best, the best money I could have possibly spent because we were both ready for air conditioning and yeah. to be sitting for a while. Yeah. Um, it's, and it, yeah, it worked like a dream. Yeah, good, good, good. And I knew, and and that at that point, I knew that Jack was safe with the group; that he wouldn't leave the group if I wasn't there. So he was fine. Yeah, yeah. The um, you know, the only time I've ever had a, a problem with a student kind of wandering off and and not coming back was last year. Uh, this this guy was he was a part of different groups within the group. But he often would go off by himself because he was just very, it wasn't like in the very beginning, I thought, man, is he just not, just not paying attention? Is he just kind of, is he, is he kind of a rebel or what? But he was just so curious about the world, right? That yeah. he would wander off and kind of squirrel and he would take off down that aisle and then he would squirrel <laughs> and he would run down that alley and then he would run down that road. And he was just taking, he would come back usually 10 to 15, 20 minutes later than I told him to meet us. And he'd go, <laughs> Oh man, you would never believe what I just saw. I said, well, tell me, tell me about it on the bus. we got to go. So right, everyone's on the bus. Everyone's on the bus, get on the bus. And we, and we, we just tell, he'd tell me all these stories about what he saw and what he went and what he did. And he'd go, Oh my God, it was so exciting. And I said, dude, I love that you're having a good time, I lo- but I, I got to keep track of you. You got to, you got to meet me when I tell you to meet me because it's hindering everybody. Oh man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so ex- oh, he, he was so excited about the world out there that it was unbelievable. Every, every time, every time, um, he was just late every day, every day. And I remember once, I can't remember who else was, was late. Somebody ended up being late and he was early. The student was early this time. And he yelled out in the crowd, Hey, you're late. You're, we're all waiting for you. And everybody started laughing. Like, what, <laughs> what, you have the gall to say that someone else is late? Late? You? So we all, it, was, it was a very funny thing that he was, you know, calling somebody out being late this time. And he finally got to be on that side, on that side of the fence. So, you know, they're, they're so excited. They're so excited to see these things and be, in, be a part of these things and explore that um, there's a fine line between let's go explore and let's not get lost, right? Right. And and Nick brought it up in episode three where he said, I kind of got lost and I, I didn't I didn't really want to or maybe it was Tanner with Nick. Uh, I, I got lost. We got lost in Amsterdam and we didn't want to use the map and we didn't want to call you. We just kind of wanted to see if we could do it. And it took them 30, 45 minutes or whatever to kind of figure out where they were. And they did it. And I, I told him, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're able to do that. I mean, what do you think? kind of helped you do that like just kind of watching the way you did it and kind of listen to way the way we what we should do and just paying attention and remembering where we've been and you know just paying attention to what's going on um I, I try to give them those little moments like hey look at this church look at this building this is a reference point don't forget this place this is this is where we want you to meet look up you know, look up once in a while look around you you know look for a building that we that you remember right so <laughs> Instead of looking down at your phone constantly and never know where you've been or what you've seen. So, 
Um, Does that mean that data is better in Europe now? Because when we went, kids weren't necessarily on their phones because they didn't have any data. Well, you know, those that care about the price, those who care about the fees are never on it. But those who don't care, like daddy's paying for it, I don't care. Then those those kids are always on it. I mean, um, and I don't think I don't think it's any different, but it's, I think it's just that um, one person gets to use their data more than others. Some, sometimes, um, depending on what group, what um, company you're with. Uh, they keep changing. It, it seems like every year it's a little different, and these packages seem to be getting a little better, but they're still not spectacular in my eyes. But um, they definitely get to spend more time on their on their devices. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there's always gonna be somebody who just doesn't care. Like I'll get home and I'll pay five hundred bucks. I don't care. <laughs> okay, well, it's up to All you. Right. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Or what I should say, whatever your dad wants to do. So, anyway, um, what's that? Uh, well, other than Jack's moment on the Eiffel Tower, is there another one of those moments where you're, you're? And let me go back one second. And I, I just brought this up, and I said you've already talked about this, and you said he's never going to live it down. When he turned sixteen, recently, <laughs> I re- I started laughing again. I, I I remember the entire day, like I just it brought it all back to me, and I and I thought. <laughs> This poor guy is never going to forget about this day because his mom is never going to let, let him live it down. But when he turned 16, you wished him a happy birthday on social media, and you mentioned the kid who got lost on the Eiffel Tower. Is that going to be one of those things you always bring up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I'm pretty sure if his sister gives a toast at his wedding, she will also say something about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 one of those things he's never going to get to live down. That's funny. That's funny. So what do you, what what about other memorable events? What do you remember? What do you remember that's like, oh, I'll never forget that. Oh, man. So I, as a history teacher, I think I was most excited about because I think the French Revolution was one of my favorite things to teach okay. was to get to go to Versailles. Um beautiful right oh my god so beautiful and so freaking hot (laughs) (laughs) it was it is hot Uh, it is hot it was so hot and they keep it pretty humid inside because of all the art oh my god yeah Um, and for somebody from california where it's dry humidity and dry heat i should say we're not used to that much humidity right yeah no it was not it was not fun so the bus ride out to Versailles, I got to sit with Abby and um, Holland and talk mm-hmm. to them about the story of Versailles and like the kings and queens who lived there and, you know, the courts of Versailles and kind of like set the premise for them. Right. Holland being my daughter. And then, and then um, they, when we got there, like, even to me, like having just refreshed my memory of all the things that I know about the court of Versailles and like all the people who live there and how they live there. Right. Like I'm sitting there in shorts and, uh, and flip flops and I'm dying. And then I'm like trying to imagine wearing a corset and a whale's, Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) You know, thing and just the layers and there's no indoor plumbing and it's so hot and yep. oh my gosh. And remember in, in this particular time frame, they didn't open the windows. No. So there was no breeze coming in and kind of wafting over you. <laughs> no. It was it was it was pretty stuffy. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You understand why uh, white French wear perfume that's so fragrant. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Crazy. That's another thing she has. I mean, I- I've been to Versailles, but Holland, my daughter, went there without us. I didn't go. I, w- I took another group somewhere else. We went down and checked out other things in the city. Um, so she's gone. She's had numerous little adventures like that without us. It's- and I love it. I love it. Like, what'd you think about this? It had, it, it allowed us that time to kind of reflect and, and say, what'd you think about this? What'd you think about that? Would, and then for her to share with us what she, what she saw and what she experienced, it was really cool. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. 
So, and then again, if I hadn't said before, thank you for taking on those responsibilities and, and kind of being one of those, those adults on the trip and, and, uh, and taking people around and, and showing them around and being the adult in the room for a while. Um, sometimes we have to rely on that. There's not enough of the adults to go around to, to go to the, all these little places. But um, the kids yeah so they can see (laughs) yeah yeah but I think you know the cool part is is that you know that they're all going to come out back with a different perspective yeah you know I was when one of the things that Nick reminded me of is that every night you had to share something like our adventure of the day or you know the the best thing about the day yeah the best thing Um, yeah your favorite thing of the day every person has something different that was notable about the day yeah that they get to share about them, you know, that's personal to them. Yeah. Um, you and, know, and that's great. And, you know, that's how we started that. That's, I started on the very first trip because I wasn't able on that very first day, I wasn't able to talk to every one of them um, throughout the day, but we got to dinner at the end of the day. And I just said, you know, I want to hear from everybody, but I can't, it would take forever. I can't do that. So maybe just wander, just go around the table. Tell us your favorite thing for the day, uh, of the day. What was your favorite thing? And then it just started this this habit of of mine to kind of to have that and to have the kids share. You there? Yes. Oh, sorry. I, it was it was nice to have them share what it was from, like you said, their perspective of what was special for them that day. And um, it's it it is again. It's it's so interesting to hear them say something and I think oh, I didn't even think about that or I didn't even see that or when did that happen right <laughs> right I love those moments when they, they tell me something happened I'm like where was I and some of them are really funny and some of them are very serious about it and yeah. you know <laughs> it's yeah. all over the place right right so tell me tell me again well not again but tell me more about like when you're traveling as a, as a single mom you t- you've got your two kids in Europe and very little or very few lifelines, so to speak. You're not, you're in a foreign country. You don't speak the language. What do you, how do you prepare for something like that? If you're just the common person, just kind of taking off and going for for a trip, what would you recommend to people? Well, I would not recommend doing it by yourself. Okay. Yeah. So you you do like the the group traveling. I like the group travel. Um, you know, I'm again, going to refer back to Nick. Um, you know, one of the things that he brought up was that you get to see so much that you wouldn't necessarily get to see if you were just trying to do it by yourself. Right. And as the single mom, I'm always trying to appease my children. Yeah. Fortunately. Um, and when it's like, this is what the schedule is. And it's not me actually saying that this is what we are, we're doing today. We're doing this today. And we're, we have the transportation to do it. We're going to be in the right place, the right time. And we're going to get funneled through the crowd or, yeah. you know, we have special access. Um, those, those are the things that you can't do by yourself. I just recently took the kids to New York um, over New Year's, mm-hmm. um, which obviously wasn't a, a tour by myself, but I or, or a tour group, but I had planned Um, and there were things that are my old standby favorites and some things that, you know, Abby, who is becoming more of a, an adventurous soul than, than Jack probably is, um, had some things that she wanted to eat. Okay. And so we kind of planned out our four days around like seeing some, some old stuff that I knew about and seeing some new stuff and eating. Right. (laughs) Um, and sometimes it takes half the day to get to that restaurant uh-huh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then you have snowpocalypse so right. like we were stuck in our hotel for a day because it snowed there was like four feet of snow that fell within holy six smokes hours while we were there so then our flights got canceled which was another thing that i had to ended up dealing with yeah. was you know and just just knowing like you're grateful that you're not at the airport and that the flights are canceled. You have a hotel room. You have a bed. Um, I have a bed. Yeah. I have a place to shower. Um, the, you know, and ha- just having to deal with the air, the airline yeah. was, was difficult. And I think in Europe, it would have been 
you know, it would have been on a larger scale. And I think that my kids probably would have freaked out. Yeah. We were in Europe and that had happened. Well, Um, and and like I mentioned this with, with Nick talking to him about this very thing. And when, when there's group travel, sometimes the group doesn't even know what's going on at the moment. Right. I just come back to the table and say, okay, this is what we're doing now. Like, Oh, okay. Just kind of nonchalantly take off and they follow me. But sometimes they do know and they, they just, I, I think it alleviates a lot of stress in regards to travel because travel is very stressful, right? Yeah. It's not for everybody and it's not easy. I say it a lot. Travel is not easy and to eliminate as much stress on yourself by having someone else take on uh, all that responsibility is enormous. Um, as, op- as, as long as I've been traveling, I still can't do by myself what we do in those group travels. I just can't do it. Oh yeah, There's no way. There's no way. No way. Um, listen, it's, it's been an hour already. Can you believe that? It went fast. Yeah. I'm not done. Are you done? I'm not done. Okay. Let me do this. Let me call you back. Um, I'll tell the, uh, the listeners what we're doing again in part two. Okay. So let me do that. Travelers again, this is Mike with these two shoes. We're going to stop episode one. I'm sorry. Part one in episode five with our good friend, Rachel, our very old friend, Rachel, and (laughs) discuss the ins and outs of the adult travel with, with uh, kids and uh, family travel. We're going to do that part two. And uh, we'll go from there. Stay tuned.